Hello and welcome to the Just Me podcast produced in association with the Armory. I am one of your co-hosts, Dustin Diodato. I'm another one, Andy Fitch. Unfortunately, Jamie could not join us tonight, but that's okay. She'll be back for future episodes and we have a very special guest. Why don't you introduce our very special guest, Andy Fitch, and, uh, and talk about why we're here. Again, it's such a big question that I don't have the time <laughs> to tackle, but on this podcast, we have a guest come and uh, talk about something that is unique to them uh, this week. Our guest is the wonderfully talented and many named <laughs> Stevie Rotzel. Hi. Hey. Hi. This is so fun to see how it all works. Yeah, the behind the scenes. Yeah. Of... There's so many gears and <laughs> cords and yeah. levers. Live studio audience. It's amazing. I know. Hi, everybody. How are you doing? We don't have an applause sign. That's why you can't hear yeah. them. Right. Yeah. And they, they'll only respond to signs, not yeah. words. No. We learned that when the armory went to Mori. <laughs> Oh my god, that that felt so awkward. It was. Uh, oh, we, could, were, we could do a whole podcast about the moral dilemma I felt while being there, and then afterwards. Yeah, they they encourage you to like boo or whatever, and I was like, I don't know this. I don't know enough about the story yet. I want more detail. Uh, yeah, there's a fifty percent chance that he's going to be the good guy, and now we've just booed him. Yeah, <laughs> life is an ambiguous mess. It's chaos. Yeah. Why are yeah. we being nicer? But thank you for having us, Maureen. The pizza was very good. Oh my god, it was amazing. I. Uh, I wasn't a fan of the pizza. Okay. I was hungry. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, I was, I'm hungry. not saying I didn't no. eat a bunch, but like... I just got off a bus and it was like 9 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eat that pizza. And it was very cold. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, you, the thing for me at the Mori taping was that we were there so long that at a certain point I, w- I was like, I don't know what's good and bad now. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're booing and cheering for things that seem like the same. Yeah. yeah. So eventually I would just look at the producer and I'm like, okay, we clap now. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, I... Uh, it definitely had a little bit of like, oh, this is like a Hitler Youth situation, I, isn't it? I was like, going to go is... Roman Coliseum, but sure, that <laughs> yeah. works too. Yeah. Um, anyway, we all failed. So yeah. <laughs> um, um, let's get into your just yeah. me thing now that we've uh, done 10 minutes on making sure that we're never going to get invited back to Maury. <laughs> and um, uh, why, don't you talk, why don't you introduce what your just me topic is? Oh, my just me topic is going to be, um, I don't know how we can phrase it, losing my religion and explaining my religion. Your love of that REM song? Yes, very, very, yes, it's a theme song now. Oh, I, I hate that song so much. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I'm not really sorry. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I grew up uh, evangelical, Protestant, Southern Baptist in an evangelical school as well. So just... All day religion. Oh, first, disclaimer, mom, stop listening to this. Like, just stop. <laughs> You're not going to like it. You're not going to agree with me. We're not going to remember things the same. It's fine. It's totally fine. If you keep listening you, on your own, because uh, she's the only relative I think is ever going to find this, but uh, mm. she's not She's not going to like it. Uh, that said, you've been warned, and I'm just going to say whatever I'm going to say now. Um, your trigger warning to yes, just your mom. Just my mother. <laughs> yeah. She's not going to love this. Uh, but I will. It's my story. Um, so, yeah, I, I uh, my just me thing is not that religion is unique to me or anything, but I think the very um, intense, uh, nonstop, 24-7 way that I experienced religion growing up is uh, is noteworthy yeah, and I, fun. I, I, I don't. I don't know exactly how I mean this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, your story is sadly not as unique as I would want it to be. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it is unique for folks like us, because I, I've spoken a little bit 
to you about your upbringing. And I was uh, shocked and appalled and freaked out and scared, but also laughed about what you what you experienced. But for you, it was commonplace. Yeah, no, so, it, was, it was very normal. I would say that, though, it, it, as we get into it, I want to like say that, yes, it was very intense and all of this was normal. But even my parents were considered a little bit more extreme. Like everyone was like, okay, it was a little intense. Like even <laughs> we were intense for the evangelicals, so we went like an extra step. So, um, so, so let's. What does it all like? What does it? What does it mean? What, Why are what we here? Like? Yeah. Um, okay. So I think everyone understands the basic tenets of Christianity. I'm not going to go that deep into it, but like I think uh, when I say evangelical Southern Baptist Christianity, it's born again. It, it is the belief that you uh, you have to be saved, which means you have to ask Jesus into your heart. Is that is that what born again yeah, means? You, like you're you, yeah. you, at some point you have to like almost like die and. Like, There's a whole series of Bible verses about it, which I'm not gonna I'm gonna paraphrase poorly, but it essentially is this saying that you you'd have to crawl back into your mother's womb and be born again, which is where that phrase comes from. But it's that Christ's. So blood, you've been back in your mother's womb. Uh, according, like uh, an analogy works. Yes, I have. Uh, so because I for I was I was saved when I was five, which was like insanely young. So from mm. a very young age, you're taught you are not. Uh, you're a sinner, and that means that you are deserving of death and hell unless you have Jesus cleanse you and, or come into your heart and save you from hell. Were you baptized as a child? Uh, three times. Because every because there's another thing is that... Prior to being saved? No, no. Uh, you get saved and then you get baptized. Ba- so you, baptism is like a public mm. symbol to the church that you have been saved. And, I, and I'm not saying that these things... If I know that other people believe them, but they believe them, I think, on a less intense scale. Because these are very literal. Like, these are not symbols and they're not... Especially for my, my mother, for people of her generation, it was not... A metaphor. A metaphor. No, there are demons and they are around us and there's a lake fire and the rapture is going to happen. And so it was one, let's just start off by saying it's a very intense, deep fear. It's a comedy podcast. I promise we're going to get there. (laughs) As a five-year-old, did you believe in all these demons and lake of fire and all that? Yes. Yeah. Very intensely. And so that was part of it is that you get kind of scared into it, but also you want to be good. Like you want to do, and they've been teaching you in preschool and I went to a you know a, ch- a preschool that was at a church and a church and it's just you're you're there at church three times a week, and then you're in school like so. Um, I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm partially picturing that thing where you know when like you're a little kid and you're like, mom, is there is there something in the closet? And your mom just being like, yes, yes there yes. is. There's a demon in the closet because <laughs> yes. you're a sinner. Yes. <laughs> um, it, she wasn't quite so mommy dearest about it, but yeah, it was. <laughs> but it was that. It was that these things are real, and that you when you die, you will either go to heaven or hell. Uh, and I think, you know, some people still very much believe that, but, uh, this, this is like a whole, this is where we start and now we go crazy. Like it was like, (laughs) this is norm. This is baseline Christianity. And then we're about to go take it up like another level. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I went to, uh, evangelical school from like third to 12th grade and I had a, a class size of 23 people when I graduated, um, but I was the valedictorian, so nice. yeah, still counts. <laughs> still uh, counts. And how does it, how does the evangelical school differ from a regular school? Okay, so every subject is interwoven with religion. So, what state is this? Louisiana. Okay, uh, 
And it's not, when I said I went to private school, Christian school, people were like, oh, Catholic school. And I was like, I die. I would kill to go to a Catholic school. Like I looked at Catholic school and was like, y'all free thinking mother bitches. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, I was so jealous because they got to see, they seemed to live so like laissez faire compared to where the way you lived. And, uh, and also we still that Protestant Catholic thing was very much alive. Like the Protestants were like, the Catholics are going to hell. They just don't know it. Um, (laughs) but they're like a step above, like they're better than atheist, but like, we still don't believe in them, but like Mardi Gras. Okay. Like, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, um, so we, uh, evangelical school, the fun thing about it is that every subject is somehow brought back to, to Jesus. So, um, even in like third grade, you're doing math and they'll have Bible verses at the top of every math worksheet. <laughs> and, um, um, they'll use like, instead of like word, word problems, like, like, Jesus has 12 disciples and then then he loses two of them. How many more disciples does Jesus have? So it's like everything can be brought back to that. And they're all Christian textbooks made with like Bob Jones University, which is like, go Google Bob Jones University. It's fun. (laughs) They lost a lot of lawsuits because they wanted to keep people that weren't white in it. Uh, So they, uh, and they also, they also have a (laughs) Pensacola Christian College was the other one who made all of our textbooks and they had it. Even when I, in what, 2007, six, when I was going to college, uh, they still had it where boys and girls couldn't walk on the same sidewalk. They had sidewalks that were painted uh, blue and pink, and you could walk on those sidewalks (laughs) at the college. In college? And these were the people that made the textbooks for us. So we're talking like hardcore. Uh, did they? I'm, I'm assuming they did not have a science class, or was it a science class that was just like our science classes were uh, how to debunk evolution if you run into an evolutionist? Um, like that was the bulk of that was all of it. That was it. I mean, well, we did some very we did some we did science up to a point. So we actually I actually probably got a good good science background um, up until probably like high school. Can like, we quiz you? I mean, Can we test your knowledge. God, go ahead. No, do I, it. I can't. Do it. I, I was just yeah. when I right when I said that, I was like, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. What's the powerhouse of the cell? Oh, uh, osmosis. I don't know. The nucleus. Uh, nucleus. The uh, mitochondria, right? Uh, oh, I don't know. Mitochondrial DNA. Is it? Now I have. Now I don't even know. Okay, see, I, none of us know science, so I didn't turn out that bad. But I, it, I know osmosis is a one-way transaction through a semi-permeable membrane. I learned that. Like, so I learned. I learned like some basic stuff. Um, um, but once they got, I guess it's like once you got into like high school biology, uh, but, uh, but they did bring it back. Like we'd still learn basics, like, you know, telling, you know, when you're in, in like what grade school, you're learning like species and what are mammals and what, like we still learned all that. But then somewhere along the year, we'd have a chapter or something about like, and this is why evolution's wrong. Um, and like, we're going to go visit the creationist museum, but we never did. Uh, we just like saw pictures from it. Um, and then, like, in high school is when they kind of run out of things to do because they have now kind of tapped out of easy science and are like, well, now we need to do biology. Oops. Were there, like, <laughs> state standards that they had to meet? They, they were accredited, and they technically did, but they didn't. So, like, uh, they – this should just be – yeah, it's just basically about my religious – I think uh, my religious uh, school upbringing, because I think that's even more unique. Evangelical school is a crazy place. So we had to have both chapel uh, once a week, which took up like a good chunk, a two hour chunk of your day, which is classes that you would like to take. And then you had uh, required religious classes. Like you had to have a Bible class um, in high school, like in middle school. So 
and we had to have things like um um Spanish. Like we, they, they was like you have to have a, a foreign language class, but we only offered Spanish, so that's what you were taking. Right. Um, and you just had to take two years of that, and that was it. So because you couldn't take, because you had all these Bible requirements, you didn't have any time for electives like computers or electronics or. Was that a class? There was, I mean, I had a computer class, and am I the only one that had no? I had computer class. You have computer class, like yeah, like a lab. Like, I mean, this is we were learning like the very before they stopped letting us have electives. Like, you still had it in grade school because you had time, Um, but the more the higher up in education you went, like in high school, it got harder and harder to do anything but your core classes, and that's it. We just didn't have electives because they they made sure all of your electives were Bible classes. So like, uh, I they stopped. They don't. We didn't have arts. Like our choir stopped. I was doing. choir my whole life like no art at all Mm-mm. and then like once you got into high school you couldn't really take choir anymore and I was like I've spent I go I go to national choir every year I do competitions it's like all I do uh and I love it my my whole performance and like wanting to be on stage thing came from church and from like I hate church I don't think I believe in this anymore but it is the only place I get to be on stage <laughs> and I got the lead in every musical. So I just did it because it was like, why not? Everyone loves me here. Did they not have a school play in high school? No, no, no. We didn't have drama, speech, anything. Um, so uh, I got really frustrated, which also means we couldn't take AP classes. Like we didn't have any advanced classes. Uh, they were like, adva- who's advanced here? And it was like me. <laughs> so I was like always negotiating with them. So I said, okay, look, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to keep taking choir. And then I'm going to teach myself Spanish over the summer, like teach one Spanish one and two over the summer months. And if I can test out of it, then great. And if I can meet the state standards and it says like I essentially took the class and I get my grade, whatever, then I get to take choir for the next two years. And they were like, fine, you won't, but okay. And then I did. But even even the Spanish classes... Um, you learned how to say like Christ is my redeemer. That's like the first thing you <laughs> learned. <laughs> like I, the very first thing you're doing is like how, you're learning how to witness to people in Spanish. Like you can't speak to this person in their language about anything else except for Jesus. I mean, <laughs> why would you need to? No, exactly. Yeah. They were like, we're just teaching you how to be a missionary. That's all we need you to do. Um, which was kind of the thinking behind it. Uh, Did they go like? Full dinosaurs and cavemen live together oh, yeah, and everything like that? We rode the dinosaurs. That was the best part of being a human until we went, came and messed it all up uh, <laughs> with our gender equality. Uh, <laughs> they really talked that we rode the dinosaurs? looks like he's going to die. <laughs> I, I rode the dinosaurs. <laughs> uh, if you ever got the chance to go to a creationist, creationist museum, I highly recommend it. I, I wonder if they just use like the Flintstones as like proof. <laughs> That like you couldn't make a cartoon about it if if it didn't happen. <laughs> uh, oh, practically, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. This is basically what it was. Or, um, I mean, were you allowed to watch like 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 when it came to TV growing up? Like, were you allowed to watch TV? Because I assume that most TV would be bad. Yes, pop, uh, pop yeah. culture in general. Yeah, I'm. I my my like I said, my parents were more restrictive than even most of my friends around me. Um, so I could watch the Flintstones and I was raised on like Bob Hope and Bing Crosby things, which did not age well. Mm. Um, and I was raised on Danny Kay. Uh, it was like old school stuff. And then um, I kind of started like sneaking around and we, this was before, well, we had the internet a little bit, but not 
much. Uh, not enough. You were you weren't streaming television on it. For all you young mm. people out there, there was uh, a time. It was a it was dial up, and you got to sometimes play chess online with a friend, um, and uh, that was it. Uh, and uh, I did I, I did learn a lot because my religion was very restrictive about um, sexual nature and intercourse and all that stuff. The having dial up internet in my house, I did learn a lot that way. I probably wouldn't have learned other ways, but. Watching pop culture stuff, I couldn't access it unless I was like sneaking around. And so I knew when some, I would like watch the TV guide for stuff that was going to be airing on TV while I was at school. I'd program my VCR to like record it off the TV. And then I'd like st- wake up at 2 a.m. and sit up and watch it in my room, uh, like hoping that my parents couldn't hear me. And I'd sit like two inches from the television. What to did you wa- record? Charmed. I loved Charmed. Witches. Oh, I know. It was so evil. And I was just, I was a hopeless romantic. And so, and also, because I said, again, very curious about sex. So anything that was even like remotely like, and now they're having a sex scene. I was like, ooh. And I'd watch it like eight times to be like, is this what sex is like i like was hungry for all that but yeah (laughs) where a guy and a girl kisses and then the camera pans away and it's the next day yeah yeah exactly that's that's what what sex sex is is. (laughs) and you wake up naked but obviously every time you get out of bed you take the sheet with you that's what sex is um i yeah we didn't we didn't um i didn't watch i like titanic came out and i what year was titanic out Oh, like no 90, like 95, 95, that early, that somewhere in there. 70, sure. 98. Maybe earlier than I that. It, no, I think it was 98. I don't know. Anyway, late, mid to late nineties. Right. So I wasn't allowed to see, I remember and I wasn't allowed to see that cause there's a boob. Um, my mom went to go see it with my dad for a date night. And I remember her coming back and saying she felt so sinful and dirty that my dad had talked her into, excuse me, my dad had talked her into going to see such a lascivious thing you know like my mom even tried to make the argument that i couldn't go see the phantom of the opera when the phantom of the opera movie came out with uh emma emma i forgot her name now she's on shameless now but uh i i was so excited because i was such a musical theater nerd oh my god and i was like i'm gonna go see phantom of the opera and i was in my late teens i could drive to the theater and my mom would try to stand in front of would try to stand emmy in front of me and stop me emmy, emmy Ross. sorry that's gonna bother me yeah so, so she stood in front of me and was like trying to tell me i couldn't go because she had read um oh she had this one website that she always went to that was a christian reviewer like it was run by like focus on the family or something like that and so they had said that there's naked statues of women showing their naked statue boobs and i was not going to go see them and i was like i have boobs now i'm gonna go see (laughs) statue boobs i don't care and i got very angry and i remember that fight and i just stormed out of the house and they told me i couldn't drive and i was like okay i just called my friend to come pick me up um, I, I, but that was, yeah, that was, it was weird. It was like the things that I couldn't, couldn't watch were kind of in, like at the whim of my parents whenever they were feeling a certain way. Um, and they, again, they would go to things like focus on the family for the, for, to be told what they should let their children do or do not do. They, you know, so it was also at the, at the, uh, mercy of Dr. James Dobson. <laughs> so what was the, like the, the weirdest, craziest thing that you believed by virtue of, you know, other than demons, wake of fire you know, thing you believed or like didn't know was real. Like, like I remember, I remember, um, I, there's two. Okay. So there's one I didn't know was real. Okay. So I got to college and I'm sitting in my very first, uh, astronomy class and I loved astronomy as a kid growing up. And so I was very curious and I had taken an astronomy class in high school. And so I thought like, 
I'm taking the 101 in college and I'm in one of those stadium things with like 500 people in it. This is the, everybody knows this. We just have to take this class class. Mm-hmm. And like day one, he walks in and it's just like, so anyway, as we all know, like the farther away something is in space, the farther away in time it is. And I'm like, what? Like I'm <laughs> my, and I remember both like kind of just looking up really quickly and then just like looking around the room and realizing no one else was reacting. Cause apparently everyone did know this and the concept that time and space were connected had somehow never come up because if you start asking those questions and you have to say, Oh, the world's more than 6,000 years old. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I solidly believed that the world was only 6,000 years old, probably until college, but not because I religious, like it just didn't, I didn't know. It was all you ever heard. Yeah. And I knew that like evolutionist, like the fact that I'd say the word evolutionist as if there's not, they aren't the majority of people. Um, and creationists aren't the minority. Um, but the, the, that, I I think that like I never really had understood why they said it was millions of years old because like, that's the other thing. Like, you learn how to debunk evolution, but since you can't really debunk evolution, <laughs> you're just coming up with crazy, you know, mm. you know, circle logic to to make it work. And so you don't really learn what evolution would teach you to then debunk it. You just learn how to yell at it <laughs> very, very persuasively. What, what was your best argument for I quite honestly don't remember them. And I don't remember, I think I don't remember because they didn't make any sense. I do remember yelling about circular reasoning a lot and saying that the, the rocks date the rocks date the fossils and the fossils date the rocks. And so it can't possibly be true. I don't know what that means still to this day. I took it for <laughs> five years in high school, middle school and high school. I remember five solid textbooks that were just all about throwing down evolution. I think I believe that I didn't understand basic science concepts. So college was a fun time for me. And then, um, I also, I think I kind of believed that everyone I would meet with a few exception of very few people were virgins, that everyone was virgin and that the people who had had sex before they were married or had sex as like teens or young adults were the very few. So I kind of approached everyone as if everyone else was a virgin and obviously so in Uh, college. Both in college, yeah, in college, but just also just assumed, you know, lady at deli counter, virgin, because she is not married. And so <laughs> like this, I had this very weird concept, and my, my parents were always saying things like, well, you don't want to, you, I, when I first wanted to move in with one, my very first boyfriend, who I dated for like five years, and we were moving in together after college, they were like, well, you guys can't live in an apartment together. Like, one, they were scandalized, and I didn't care, but they were like, people in the city of Nashville will see you leave your house with him and they're going to find out you aren't married and all of Nashville is going to know you're living in sin. Like they were really <laughs> worried about because they thought it's like I did until I got yeah. out there that most people were virgins and living that way. And that um, you, like, yeah. the person who isn't stands out like a red flag with a giant red A on their chest. And, like, so, and we all know Nashville is just filled with sluts. I mean, right? that's, I mean it's just, just the, it's the horniest. Oh, <laughs> That's yeah. on there, like when you enter Nashville. Yeah, it says it on there. Now entering Nashville, <laughs> full of sluts. Yeah. <laughs> check, <laughs> check the license plate, dude. Yeah. Like, um, it's like Ohio's the Buckeye State. <laughs> New York's the Empire State. There's like no yeah. shame about it, though. Pennsylvania's We're not, the Keystone it's State. Not a, it's not a shame. So Tennessee? Like, yeah, I mean, they're yeah. not slut shaming anyway. They're just happy. Slut, they're happy right. about slut, it. Right. Slut State. Yeah. I'm not, that's hard to say. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not shaming anybody. I'm no. just saying that... that Everybody knows that people in Nashville are incredibly promiscuous. Yes. 
the Great Smoky Eye Mountains. Yeah. You know? I, could, I could You be know wrong. that song, Rocky Top? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a huge metaphor. It's, it's not about the mountains. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, um, so yeah, those are those. I think you like, feel like this hasn't been funny enough. It's just been very intense. Um, but I feel like you're all learning a little bit about why we're in the current state of affairs in this country. Um, yeah. Because honestly, when people are like, "I can't believe this is happening," I'm like, "I can." Um, yeah. No. Like these. This is you. Just the very fundamental science. Like fundamental anything. Like this. You, when you haven't left your home city or your state. And you are only around those people that look and think and talk very much like you. Um, you, there's no reason to challenge your belief that you are the majority and that everyone else is weird. And there's also like this kind of us versus them thing that happens because that's also a tenant, a huge tenant of Christianity. Like things I learned before I was five is that it's us versus everyone else. Mm-hmm. So it's us who are believers and the world is coming to destroy us and very like intensely believe that you have to watch out for temptation at every turn. You have to watch out for pop culture because it ruins your mind. Um, so, uh, did yeah, you, did you like hate like because you ended up in New York? I would imagine that like New York or California or places that people of that of that ilk would hate. No, they. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I didn't. Um, I didn't and I don't. I wish I had a better answer other than the fact that I, I probably right after I figured out Santa Claus wasn't real, things very quickly started like, falling away. <laughs> um, and then by the time I was in high school, I was like, I'm now I'm just having to play along and I'm just doing this so I can be in the praise band and be the Here's lead. Your acting. Yeah. Cause I was That's acting. Very such a good actor. Yeah. I was acting. <laughs> I was very good. Acting. Um, uh, so I, uh, yeah, I, I got to do it cause it gave me the arts. That was the one reason to stay in church. Um, but I gave my parents a lot of pushback in a lot of ways. And I eventually started just teaching pre-K Sunday school. And I wouldn't even go to church services. But I, I felt like teaching pre-K was the only thing I could do morally that I didn't didn't make me kind of sick to my stomach anymore. Um, mainly because the things that you're, uh, you're teaching in pre-K are like sharing and being good to each other. And I could just omit as much of the Bible as I actually wanted to teaching them myself. So when I was in like my later teens, I, I had already stopped kind of going to church and I would go to church and just teach three hours of pre-K and then preschool, Bible school, and then leave. And were you like subliminally dropping in like a, oh wait, this bullshit. <laughs> no, I don't think I was like that brave yet. I think if I was now, I'd just be like, let's use logic and reason, shall we? Um, but, you know, I was just like... You would have gotten burned at the oh, stake. Oh, God. Oh, speaking of burned at the stake. Uh, fun, fun. Okay. All right. There's definitely something I want to get to before this whole thing is over. There's two things. It's vacation Bible school and uh, my Bible teacher in high school. They're okay. both fascinating subjects, and they are funny. Um, vacation Bible school? VBS. Vacation, yeah. See, you know Like, what you fucking is. know what you're talking about. I'm a pastor's kid. Yeah. No, VBS really? is... Yeah. Really? Yeah. I might. I will say my experience with Christianity is nothing like what Steve is yeah, Right, that's what I'm saying. I'm so jealous of people like you, and I've met a lot of people, especially here in New York, that are like, yeah, yeah, I grew up religious, blah, 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 VBS. I know that. And I'm like, yo, don't know what I know. Like, it's a different, <laughs> totally different world. I didn't know that kind of world existed uh, until I was probably in high school. When I like would like travel outside of the state more than just like with my family, mm-hmm. that was I didn't know that there were other. I knew like about you know there's Protestants and there's Catholics and then under Protestants there's all these other ones. We were Lutherans, 
Ah, uh, uh, the Lutheran. Yeah. Those loose, loose Lutherans. <laughs> and, but like, this is, yeah, very different. But VBS, that seems to go across all. Yeah. Okay. All so, Christian. yeah, I think uh, I, I, this is, this is, well, this will be a fun game because what I, the reason I love VBS is that me and my best friend, Lara, oh my God, Lara, I miss you so much. It's like, um, a, for the, for the record, it's like a day camp sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's kids, a one week. Kids come for a week every day. There's like. Just pray like a son of a bitch and then go home. You play games, you eat snacks. Make crafts. And like, then and then oh. there's like Bible stuff mixed in. Okay. Yeah. And I think uh, for the more low key, it's more like a day camp for all ages. And then you perform, you like learn something. Your parents come the last day of the, or the night of the, like that Friday night or something. They come and the kids perform. They send this little light of mine yeah, or something. Yeah. And <laughs> there's little kids that do it up until like middle schoolers. And so different levels do different things anyway that's what it should be on its surface and it seems very benign and it seems great but our uh, the the curriculums and i think it was not the same for lutherans or methodists like they would do different things but we would uh we would always use lifeway if anyone's familiar with the life like you might if anyone else is a christian out there or grew up in the baptist at all you'll uh, you know the word lifeway and it's a excuse me it's a company out in um a corporation out in what, colorado i think is where they are wherever the taxes are the least it's out there with james dobson uh is doing his thing and they are, they create curriculums for both like the Christmas musical, for Easter, for VBS. And they churn out these like musicals, for lack of a better word. Um, but they also bring out the curriculum and all the signage. And they just basically do that. And then they send it to like every Southern Baptist church in the country. So like everyone and their mom has the same VBS theme that year. And it's usually like surfing or we're going in the jungle or they'll get really offensive. And my favorite one by far was rickshaw rally race into the sun where everything was what? Asian. <laughs> Did you say race into the sun? Racing to the sun. S O N the sun. Get mm -hmm. it? Get it? Got it. But mm -hmm. it was like cherry blossoms everywhere and very offensive. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't, uh, that's something I didn't understand was like, why is it wrong for me to put chopsticks in my hair and to do some really bad Asian accent? Because I was 14 and everyone told me I was hilarious. And then I'm like, oh my God, if those photos ever get out, my career is over. It's already over. But I, it's, uh, I just admitted to it. So it's over. Um, it's, but it was things like that, that like, it wasn't until I left and was like, oh, my God. Um, and so th that's not what you did, Andy? <laughs> you didn't I mean, do there were similar, like, prepackaged things that had, like, a theme, and that was how it worked, but never anything that came close to uh, any kind of, like, cultural appropriation or yeah. blatant racism. I think racism. that was the worst one. I think all the rest of them were pretty, like, beach-themed or, like... It was, like, there was, like, yeah. uh, construction, like, we're building a house kind yeah. of thing or, yeah. like... Okay. Race cars, like, you know. Um, and so, but the song, there was always, there was always like a, a kind of a theme, but there was always, um, there was always these songs like the ABC song. And so when, if anyone knows me um, or ever comes see anything that I put together, you know that I get crazy uh, perfectionistly, like I want it to be right or I'm not going to do it at all. I'm and very crafty. I'm very crafty. And uh, I like a good wig. And uh, and it comes from VBS. It was because my me and my best friend Lara and her mom 
ran it like we were the fucking mouseketeers like we are on point we had shirts with our names on it we she's she spent so much of her own money to make us look uniform we had this whole troupe and we learned dance moves and if the dance moves weren't hard enough we made them harder <laughs> and we wore mics like the britney spears mics and we were talking to what is a mega church like up on the stage and we were working the crowd and the audience we do the welcome songs and then all day i teach the music classes so kids would come in we start to sing our intro song and everyone sit down yay yay jesus loves you yeah it was like this we just did it as if it was our job and we were like doing some kind of like orlando disney show like at the amusement <laughs> park like that's what it felt like and we were like okay and then the kids would leave and be like we have five minutes till the next crowd comes in all right all right all right like we were perfectionist about it. we would spend we would spend three weeks preparing in front for this thing and uh, we took it all very seriously. And um, the first time I ever did improv was in that class because we there was one day where we just could not come up with a script. And I said, just let me run with it. And I did my very first like attempt at improv where I just worked the crowd the the class for twenty five minutes and and everyone was like, great. And I was like, great. I just you know wrote my own script on. Let's just do that again. Um, as far as you knew, you had invented improv. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what was that? I felt so alive. Uh, but uh, it was, but they, they always, so A, I can't be mad at it because it gave me everything that I kind of like, like when I go do something, I'm like, I hear Shelly Lignitz's voice in our head, which is like, you can do this better, <laughs> like, which is like, get it together. You need to rehearse more. Like I can, I can see her directing us and being like, that was great. Your hands are not right in that spot. You're two beats behind. Like she, we took it that seriously. Two beats. Um, yeah, I know. And I was never. I mean, that, that is, that is unforgivable. Yeah, it was really, no, I'm, I'm being is. totally serious. That's a long it's, way it's, off. It's, it's, and that's why that girl was always in the back. Um, <laughs> And we always made sure she got the ugliest color bandana. Uh, <laughs> we were not nice, keep people, which is the other thing. Uh, Christianity was supposed to teach me how to be a nice person, and I am not. I'm. I can. I well, I'm not a terrible person, but I. We definitely were judgmental and awful. We didn't see any of that about ourselves. We were like, yeah, we're the Christians. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but the, the VBS thing was, uh, so a, it gave me that great gift, but then it also gave me the gift of having these songs stuck in my head forever. Like I can like remember, like I said, there was, there was always an ABC song, which is how teaching you how to come to Christ. So it's a admit to God, you're a sinner. B believe that Jesus is God's son. C confess your faith in Jesus as your savior and Lord. And they would work that lyric into like D. <laughs> die. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> D death is coming for all of us. Um, e. Eternity e. is where you're spending hell. <laughs> F. Flames are Flame. in hell. <laughs> We can do this. All. God, yeah. God is sad for you. <laughs> H hell. hell. Did we mention hell? Um, it's. Uh, but they would always find a way to work. I that. no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, they would they would find a way to work that into it. So now I just have all these songs stuck in my head um, from all the different like themes. So like I have a beach ABC song and an Egypt <laughs> ABC song and a Canadian ABC song. There's no Canadian. I would have killed for a Canadian. Um, but it, yeah, it was just, it's, I feel like evangelicals don't know what Canadians are. No, like they're they're, <laughs> it's too uh, confusing. It's, it's just, so like, that's, you know, that's, it's kind of like this weird thing is like, that's wh who I am as a person. And at the same time, I hate and reject it. So I have a lot of self-hatred is what I'm saying. And it comes from things like this. 
Uh, but it's a fascinating thing to watch uh, if you ever get the chance to drop in on a VBS. Make sure you have a kid with you because otherwise you look like a weirdo. But uh, bring a kid to a VBS and uh, and just sit in the back for a minute. <laughs> it's fascinating. Um, All right. So yeah. kidnap a kid. Bring, yeah. It to, yeah. bring it to so it. I'm interested because like how much did your VBS experience push the whole like e- like save like the ABC save thing was that a part of it I not that I remember I'll also say that VBS was not a thing when I was a kid that specifically um like and the way so like I kind of like helped like I would do the like outdoor games or the crafts or whatever mm-hmm. like when I helped out but by then I was like in High or I was in college. Yeah, so you were um, just being or a like kid. late high school. So you were just like a counselor. Yeah, and yeah. it was just simple stuff. And like, it, it really, like, it for the way I saw it, it was like a form of it for the church. It seemed like a form of evangelism because it was open to anybody. Anybody could like bring their kids there, and a lot of times, like, people would just dump their kids there. It was like free daycare, but it was like, like recruiting. Not really, though. I like, mean, Mike's church definitely saw it as it. We talked about it in those terms. It was like, this is our chance to get people. And there was always like a kind of undertone of like poor people, people of color. Like it was always, it was there. Like I hate it, but it, that's what it was. Is like that was when our church got real diverse. And it was because they were like going out to those communities specifically to say free daycare. They would call it free daycare. And then they get there and be like, Jesus, um, I'm, Yeah. So it was interesting. It was an interesting kind of like, it was ta- it was te- technical and tactical. It was it was definitely how they talked about it. I, I may have enjoyed it because because I went to Young People's Day Camp, which is the cheapest crappiest day camp in the history of day camps. They advertised it because it was seven dollars a day to go there, <laughs> um, seven ninety nine. If I'm to be perfectly honest, um, and the 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 area where you went was a public park. So you just sat in a like imagine your camp being like. A, a crappy public park where there's nothing there. You just go there and then you all sit together for eight hours and then you go home. Uh, and occasionally you go swimming in the public pool and that you, has 10,000 people in it. That was, that was day camp. So you, I guess paid, I probably would have. You paid for that privilege? Yes. Okay, great. Awesome. Um, yeah, it was basically paying so that somebody would watch the kids sit. It's supposed to the kids sitting by themselves. So I, I may have traded that. I may have I may have accepted Jesus Christ in my heart in an effort to play softball. Yeah. Which was in the commercial and it didn't really happen. I mean, I will say like I went to a Lutheran summer camp. I was I went there from when I was like super young till when I was older, and then I worked there for six years. It was the most important and formative place. Like everything I hold it so close to me. Some of my very best friends are from that place. And there were tons i can think of so many people who would come there had no connection to christianity whatsoever i mean we talked about stuff we talked about like faith stuff but like nothing was ever pushed on anybody or forced there were jewish kids who came to the camp there were kids who were just like straight up i'm an atheist and they would leave an atheist and it was just kind of like okay well like we're here together this is like a communal like we believe god loves you like you don't have to believe any we're not going to force any of this so like I, for me, that was like very, I think that's that's what I'm most (laughs) jealous of is like, I, I think that's my just me part of just this, just me thing is that I, 
that was all I knew and I grew up with it. It's the thing that gave me my love of performance. It's the, you know, until I could get into a, I got found a community theater late in high school and it wasn't until I got that, that I had any other options. And so it's like, it may, I am who I am because of this. I'm competitive because I used to go to Bible quizzing championships and I was the world Bible quiz champion of like 1997, I think. Uh, no, it was later than that. 1999, Do they have people from a lot of other countries? Oh, Kevin? no. Um, <laughs> but America. Um, so, in the same way that the World Series yes. is uh, won by... <laughs> yeah, one Canadian kid. So we're the world. Um, so it's, but it was... Uh, all of that was who I was, and now I loathe it so much for its predatory nature, for its like hatred towards otherness, this fear of uh, people that don't think and breathe and look exactly like you, for this feeling that we need to evangelize to the world and we need to reject everything else, that we're right, you're wrong, I'll tell you what you can do with your body, I'll tell you who you can love and how you can love them and when you can love them, and uh, you know, like this feeling of that like I hate all of that so much it's so far from who I am as a person now where I'm very much like do whatever you want I can barely keep myself alive so who am I to tell you what to do about anything so it's this weird feeling of like I wish I could look back at any of my childhood camp because I went to Jesus camp also as a whole other thing uh Chris Tomlin somebody out there is going to understand what that means um, but I, you know, I led worship things and I tried so hard to feel this stuff. And now I just look back at it with a lot of anger and shame and like hatred for things and myself at that time. And, um, and it, it's something I'm always working on now, but it is my, just me of these that my Christian coming up Christianity also like has left me with this kind of like, how do you, who do you, who are you? And I'm sure other people out there have had some similar experiences, but like, who are you when everything you came from is, feels like a chasm away from where you are and where you want to be. Uh, and like, you can't lose it completely, but you got to like come to terms with it somehow and you and try to figure out what pieces of that you can still pull from it, which is like why I do perform. Like the one thing I got out of it was learning how to be a really good performer um, and be on stage and be, uh, and be polished and prepared and, and, and rehearse and have that work ethic. I, I mean, I think for me, it speaks to your overall, well, I, I could see where you have the, you know, the feelings that you're talking about, but I, I think it speaks to your overall strength because, because millions of people, even though this is your just me thing, but like millions of people experience what you were experiencing, maybe not to that exact same level, but so many of them stay in it, you know, and for them it, it may be fine, but, but I look at it and I go, you looked at your world and said, I'm going to question this. Mm-hmm. And even if you had ended up at the same result you know, and you decided to stay evangelical or you decided to, to do whatever, like the fact that you questioned it to begin with is incredibly impressive to me because that's hard to do because it, it is your whole world. It's everybody that you know and you love all feel and act this way to fight against that is a, is a beast. You know, that's why people don't do it. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, we had te- like just moms sometimes teaching classes at our school cause the teachers weren't really, t- you know, Louisiana in itself has an educational problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting a teacher at, at Eva Joe. So I remember the reason I, I have a master's in Shakespeare for anyone who hasn't heard me say that 7,000 times. Um, I, the reason I did it is mainly because I got told one day in class that Romeo and Juliet was too hard and people were complaining. So we just weren't going to read it. And I was like, the hell we aren't. And I it was like, I'm going to read every single Shakespeare before I graduate high school. And I did not, but I came very close <laughs> and I did before I graduated college. But like it just 
drove me to go like, guess what? Libraries are a thing. And, um, and, and like get hungry for all the things you told me I couldn't have. And, um, there were books that were banned from our library that I was immediately like on it. Like I, you know, you know, so it, yeah. it just drove me into the arms of other things. The minute you told me I did, I couldn't have something that seemed so very basic um, or that we just weren't going to do it. Cause it's just too difficult. And I was like, Oh, like hell. Um, so yeah, it was things like that. Um, and also very briefly, I know we have like a limit, but if you've made it this far, I feel like you deserve a really good funny nugget. Um, I had a Bible teacher. His name was Gary Campbell and I don't care. He can, he's an awful person and he got fired. Um, this was the one thing I feel really proud about in my life is that I find, I got this guy fired because he was sexually harassing students. Like it was really gross. And, uh, before that I knew he was doing that, uh, he, he told us stories every day in class that were just so insane. And, um, one of my favorite stories that he ever told was that he uh, was in Vietnam and he had served in Vietnam. I do not know if that's true. Um, I do know that he kept calling himself Dr. Campbell when uh, his degree that he had up on his wall, he clearly had like made in paint. Like it was <laughs> awful. And I was like, this isn't an actual degree. And he was just banking on the fact that up until then, internet really didn't exist. And I think he was like feeling the walls closing in. His people were like, wait a minute, uh, give me 30 minutes. I'm going to get this thing fired up and Google it before Google's a thing. I'll ask Jeeves. Um, and so, uh, he wasn't a doctor. So the fact that he ever said he served in Vietnam might not even be true, but he said that he died on the battlefield and God sent a deer to come and give him CPR mouth to mouth resuscitation <laughs> that he, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> and this is like my ninth grade Bible class. Um, and so, so, uh, he w- was the class just being like. Really? Tell us more. Oh, every day. It was our favorite thing to be like, let's ask him to tell the deer story again. He also told us... Would the people uh, believe it? No, okay. none of us did. We all knew he was insane. Like he would... Every summer we'd come back and he'd have these murals painted floor to ceiling all over the classroom like the drawings of a crazy meth addict all over the walls and scripture verses written like upside down on the ceiling and you're like what is happening in here um and it, a deer giving cpr to a guy lying on a battlefield looks, it's like a far side cartoon <laughs> right? okay, so i then, can picture it so clearly he told us he had invented the riding lawnmower he told us that he had invented what? a substance that could take glass off of glass what does that mean i don't know he also made us play jenga where there was virtues and sins written on them and if you pulled off the t- the the block that made the tower fall and you flipped it over and it was a virtue you went to heaven and if it was a sin it would make you go to hell that was a fun game we played in class and so he would we would when one of them was called whoremongering uh which i didn't actually know what a whoremonger was until now i like, until that class and then i was like oh this is what it is um, and uh he would always say really inappropriate things about that being like you would all have made great whores because your legs are so long and we're like no this is why he got fired um but he also we had to, it, other people like made dioramas in other classes i assume i don't know what you'd make them of but we made them of martyrs so we have to make a diorama of like mine was always i always used the same one and he never realized i just did the same one over and over again but i always did john hess burning at the stake so i had to go to a craft store to pick out supplies and little figurines and stuff to build a diorama of a man being burned at the stake mm-hmm. <laughs> with like flames and like i'd did melt the- i'd melt part of his <laughs> face off oh you didn't get the three pack yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was 
scholastic uh, work where I came from. Did you have scholastic book fair? Yes, we did though. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we definitely just had that. <laughs> I, I, I'm so obsessed with the with the DRCPR thing because I feel like we'd all know about that if it were true because. If you were on a battlefield and you were shooting and you were scared or whatever, and then you just saw a deer giving CPR, well, you're, somebody? you're skipping a crucial point there that he died. <laughs> he died. He said right. that he died. He right. Died. Not just like I got hurt on the battlefield. <laughs> no, no, He's I'm dead. I'm with you. Um, but CPR will bring you back. You know, that's the like I'm. I'm willing to give him the dead. Okay. I'm just saying that I feel like if it's <laughs> if. <laughs> If a deer <laughs> is doing the chest compressions and then doing the breathing in your mouth thing, everybody else in the battlefield will be like, hold on. Well, like, yeah, where, were, like, where were the where rest? Where was anyone else? Uh, I'm just going to say my, in my head when he told the story, it is Bambi doing the mouth to mouth part and Thumper was on his chest going like, and that was how I always envisioned it. It was like one little hoof just going like, poof, poof, poof. I, I assumed it was the deer doing both parts. Yeah, where I he think when like, he told it that way, but in yeah. my head it was it was great. Like he, but he had these <laughs> he crazy like, ah, stories. Ah, ah, he had his crazy stories. Oh right, that, that 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 ends the battle, though, doesn't it? Like if, mean, if, if everyone if, stops to watch, yes, the deer. Imagine, of course everyone stops to watch. Imagine this. coming back from the dead and having a deer's tongue in your mouth. I was like, just gonna <laughs> say, like. I like I'm so I'm not gonna kiss a deer, but I'm so curious what the inside of a deer's mouth even looks like. Because no, like when this you think is, about like I'm not gonna kiss a deer, Andy. Don't Fitch. put it in the comments. I just Please I'm just saying. Put it in the comments. I feel like oh, you can just message me privately with that. In, in other like in like other in like biology classes in high school or or in college, like you'd see we'd see like cross sections or of like animals, so like. I know what the inside of a duck's mouth looks like, or a frog, or a dog, or a cat, or just like common things. But a deer, which were, is a pretty common animal, at mm. least uh, where I'm from, uh, like I don't, I don't even. It's very, I can't even it's picture kind of the like front of it. Like it's kind of like that snout. Like it's still. I mean, I just so, remember what they look like. So you're saying your part. issue with this is the is the makeup of a deer's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not, curious not how, how it would it. work. Yeah. <laughs> could God. the could the deer get a good seal around? <laughs> His this mouth. Is, this, uh, I mean, th- <laughs> this man had visions. For this man, like, it was just amazing the things that this hand had uh, supposedly lived through. But he, uh, I, 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 you know, when like your dog licks your face, <laughs> <laughs> it, their to- your tongues are rough. I will say that we had a we had a park right next to our house um, that um, Sam Houston's Jones State Park, and, and they had this huge like a the deer's just ran free, but they kept they were doing. Um, I don't want to say studies because they weren't testing on these animals. They were like doing, you know, they, they torture. No, God, <laughs> you know how they, they tag and they'll like release, but they just yeah. study their you know, habits and movements. Migration so, patterns. Yes. So. Thank you. Something like that. So they had, um, this little pen where they had kept some of the ones that they were tagging and, it, um, things like that. So, but you could feed them, which I don't understand. Like they domesticated them and then they are out in the wild. Who knows? I don't understand the science behind it, but, um, that you could always go and feed these deer. So I do like, it's I, kind of reminds me of a giraffe is like a smaller, like, okay. like they have like rough I know it's used to have a giraffe's mouth. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know you had a falling out with this guy, but um, yeah. if you could get him on the podcast, oh my god, I've Googled, I really, <laughs> I have Googled and searched for him because here's the thing: his wife, his his wife's name was Paula Campbell, and she was an incredible teacher. Oh, I was waiting for you to say like she was a deer. <laughs> he married that deer. Uh, he because uh, if you kiss it, you're basically having sex. Um, yeah. 
So it's, uh, she was, she was an incredible English teacher. She was very short and, um, she had long, she was, I think she, she was Pentecostal or she was, she, she always wore dresses and she always had, she never wore makeup and she always had very long hair and it was always piled up on her head in this kind of Gibson girl kind of way, which I always thought was kind of cool that she could make it kind of defy gravity. Um, but she, um, she was incredible. Like everyone who ever took her class, they loved her. She was passionate about literature. She could make you passionate about literature. And, um, I thought she was always phenomenal and I couldn't wait to take her class because she taught the higher, she always taught the more advanced, uh, English and English was like the one thing I was really good at. So it's kind of the one thing they didn't shoehorn, uh, a lot of religion into surprisingly. It's like the most, the easiest one to do it. Um, but he, that was his wife and she taught there as well. And his daughter taught the electronics class that we only lasted one semester and none of us were able to take. And his daughter would walk into the class and in our classroom and maybe before class started, the bell had rung or whatever. And sometimes just in the middle of class, she'd just walk in and she, and she's a 20 ish year old woman. Um, and she would come and sit on his lap and then just like sit there behind it. He would be sitting behind his desk and she'd sit on his lap and then she'd kiss him on the mouth. And I, if you can't kiss your parents on the mouth, it's fine. But like, don't do it in front of his whole entire class. Like it was just weird. And then she'd like walk back out and like the three of them work there. So the one downside to getting, I got him fired because of his behavior with students. And I'm not ashamed of that at all. And also because of his crazy, like no one who tells a story about being resuscitated by a deer <laughs> and claims to have invented the right and like puts crazy man. Uh, he's like his, he, what he called his visions. The John Deere. His, Riding oh my god! Oh my god! It all makes sense now. I was wrong. I was wrong. God damn it! Um, so like he, but yeah, this man who has visions that he needs to scrawl all over the walls every summer. He should not be around children anyway. He should not be teaching anything. And uh, so finally, I did. I I left his class one day. I got very angry, and his behavior just finally crossed all the lines. And I just was like, "Any women want to come with me? Let's go." Uh, and uh, and we had just got a new principal. The old principal was like in his eighties, like late eighties, and he did not care. And he just cared that everyone wore all white socks. Uh, that was his biggest frustration: is that we would not wear white socks. <laughs> um, and um, and so he just didn't want to hear it. He thought, you know, he was like, you know, the same thing we have nowadays where people are like oh you'll make up anything and you're like i'm not don't want to do this um so he had just left and this new principal had come in i was like here's our chance so i got everyone to go march down to the bristles office and then i told him not only was he behaving this way but i told him all the things and all the all these are probably stories i can't remember i wish i could remember all of the craziness he said uh i mean animals talk to him a lot is what i'm saying and uh and i remember honestly the, you just sound jealous now. <laughs> <laughs> the, the principal turned to me and it turned all of us in he was like this doesn't leave this room but i think that i was that dear yeah i was that dear if 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 he went to vietnam i think something got knocked loose and we were like no shit like we (laughs) fuck like vietnam is the best explanation for this man but like worst case scenario he's also lying about that and he's just straight up bonkers um, it was weird, but I felt bad. The only, the only ramification from that, that I had any frustration over was like, I didn't want her to, and she wasn't fired, but like she left, like it was too uncomfortable mm. after everyone started to figure out what was going on. And, um, yeah, like I have no, that was my first like foray into like sticking it to the man and standing up for myself and, um, having someone believe us for once and felt really nice. You know, cool. Um, any, anything else before we get to our uh, speed round? I mean, Ooh. you didn't, uh, this is from way back, but like 
because uh, regular secular pop culture was so limited, mm-hmm. did you have like Christian pop culture oh, supplementing it, like CCM and like? Okay, so um, Gerbert was um, a what the hell, God, Gerbert. Gerbert. Fuck Gerbert so much. Do you, you know what Gerbert is? Yes. Okay, I the little like orange little puppet. orange puppet. Uh, <laughs> hey, Michael Williams, I see you. Yeah, he, Michael Williams is I'm fascinated with the Gerbert thing since it, I introduced him I've to never it. Heard of this. Uh, it. Salty, the Bible, the Bible. Like, if you, these are all things you should Google. Yeah, salty, it, it's P S A, like the Psalms. Salty. Um, in, I'm really in, not familiar in with college. Most of this. Yeah, which is crazy. That's what I'm saying. Like other people grew up religious and didn't grow up like this. It was wasn't like uh, a thing. Yeah. Like I could name like one or two like contemporary Christian like bands maybe. Yeah. And then like like you know Davy and Goliath. Davy and Goliath. Yeah. Like that was that there was like yeah. yeah. But that was pretty benign but, and like for but it was it was because uh, Davy and Goliath was just kind of like a you know again most of the lessons were don't be a dick. Like, like I didn't even know about uh, Veggie Tales until I was like oh. way out of the yeah, age. Fucking love these. I will say Veggie Tales. I love. They're, they're legitimately but, funny because they're not because they're not always religious. There's a whole song about how much you love a cheeseburger it has nothing to do with Jesus, and it's a fucking fantastic song. And I still sing it to Michael Chagrin all the time. There, there was a nun that came on after Gerber. Yes. I can't remember her name. I don't name. remember her name either, but she was always on that channel and yeah. she was hilarious. In college, my my friend and, and roommate and uh, another friend who lived next door, uh, at 2 a.m. Gerbert would come back on. It would be Gerbert followed by whatever that nun would be. And they would hate watch it and just make fun of it and just like I thought she was hilarious. Ridiculous. She's insane, but it was hilarious to watch. Yeah. Um, so like... Every time I hear the word Gerbert, I like because it's just like I'm How trying to. How often are you hearing the word Gerbert? I mean, not that often, but now I just did. It brought I'll, back all like. I'll whisper it to you every time I see you. I'll just walk by. <laughs> Please, Gerbert. Because it basically meant like I couldn't sleep because there'd be people like cackling <sighs> like outside my door about this fucking puppet that we. Ugh. McGee and Me was another one, uh, but uh, but but as I, those are all kid stuff, and then as I got older, uh, there was um, DC Talk. Chris Tomlin, like all the praise band hits, but my very first concert, music concert, was a band called Zoe Girl and Avalon. And uh, there are maybe a few crossover songs that people might recognize. Um, do you know who the Civil Wars are, music wise? Civil Wars. I do. So the female singer in Civil Wars was actually a Christian artist for the longest time. And I went to like a girl, an all female True Love Waits conference mm-hmm. in Houston or Dallas or something. We, we went out of the state to go to it. And it was a big trip, I remember. And Joy Williams, Joy, her name's Joy Williams. And she was headlining that. And it was a huge deal. She was like, you know, our, she was like a, our modest Britney. Um, but now she... But, well, like Katy Perry was like a, right. a Christian teen pop artist. Yeah. But um, so there was yeah, there was a lot. I don't, of I've pop. never heard any of it, but yeah. like I learned that about a week ago. Actually, <laughs> there was a lot of pop culture that they was there's a there's a there's a market for Christian pop things to fill the void for people that aren't allowed to listen to or don't want to defile like what's the word defile 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 Defile, thank you (laughs) defile themselves with worldly things um uh yeah and it's because it's a huge belief of like what you put in is who you're going to be and so if you listen to worldly things you'll become like the world and then you become a sinner and then you don't make the cut when the rapture happens oh the rapture we didn't even get into that (laughs) well we'll have have to come back (laughs) again how long i can do this for eight hours uh Uh, we we try and keep it Within an hour, but all we right. failed. All right, all right. Um, well, I'll, I'll save it for my TED Talk. Uh, speed round. Okay, let's do it. Just me, movie. A movie that just you like, 
that other people probably won't, but you really enjoy. Rhinestone. Dolly Parton, Sylvester Stallone. It's a thing. It happened. It's awful. It's, I hate, it's so bad. It's good again. And what is it about? It's, um, so Dolly Parton is sassy and every five seconds she's a, she's a drag queen meme. Like she, every five seconds, something fantastic comes out of her mouth that everyone should hear. And she's working in a bar in New York city, like old New York eighties, New York city. And the bar manager will not let her out of her contract unless she sleeps with him or she, it starts off. This is the first five minutes. Uh, starts off. She either sleeps with him or she can turn the first person that he finds on the street into a cowboy that can survive one of those music nights where the crowd will, is really, uh, discerning and they'll scream and throw things down like even the best country stars don't make it here so she's got to make him a rhinestone cowboy and the very first That's a person, weird bet the very first person that she sees on the street is uh sylvester stallone crashing his cab with a bunch of very stereotypically asian tourist types in the back that he has terrorized through this terrible cab ride through new york city he crashes into like a fire hydrant or something and he's like that one and so she takes him to tennessee back home and there's a song called uh uh which is uh bud weiser you've created a monster and they call him drinkenstein and it's uh, it's so fantastically bad and apparently a famous screenwriter had actually written this really wonderful script for it Sylvester Stallone got it was like it's not gritty enough so there's this weird rom-com meets Sylvester Stallone trying to be gritty in a part that's like not right for him and he's dressed kind of and this is after Rambo this is after everything like so he's at the height and he sunk so much of his own money into it and it did not go over well uh, but I have a I have a DVD which is hard to get it's very hard to find a copy of this DVD and I spent a lot of money on it and I will crash anyone's game night with it because it is something I think everyone should watch at yeah, least once. it sounds awesome. It's amazingly horrible. <laughs> um, music. Music. Um, I, two things. Uh, I like the Eagles and y'all can go fuck. Two. I mean, it's the best selling it, album of all time. Okay, right, you know, I mean, whatever. Okay, so yeah, that's just, that like, doesn't that's, mean anything. That's just my, that's I'm just, just saying my, it's not just her. That's just my decisive, that's my, <laughs> yeah. that's my not popular opinion about music, so. Um, but no, uh, Valerie, Valerie June is um, another person that no one knows and I think she's, insanely talented she plays like every instrument and she has this voice that when you hear it you see her for the first time it doesn't match you're like that's what um she's this uh, very statuesque uh black woman with these gorgeous dreads that she ties in crazy you know she's got her album cover art is so amazing always and then she has this like southern bluegrass twangy voice that every time anyone hears it they're like that's a little white girl and you're like no it's not (laughs) um but she's just talented beyond belief like she can sing and do anything and it's she's fantastic so everyone should google valerie june cool um you're just me food (sighs) food is the hardest thing for me to choose between all food is good um oh i like okay my i like to put corn in my mashed potatoes and mix them around. Like that's probably the weirdest thing. Like that also is very makes people angry when I'd say it. Sometimes they're makes like, no, they're, yeah, they're not. They're not supposed to go together. I don't. I don't know. I, I eat anything. I'm I'll a, eat them in the same meal, but I'm not going to eat them in the same bite. I'm a garbage dump. Like I will put anything. I'm also have a really good palate, and I'm very discerning. But I also will eat anything. I'm not picky at all. So I'm do you sorry. go after the the perfect bite? What do you mean? There, like people try and like it's you get like the perfect combination of. Foods I in never, one bite. I never come mm. for food. like maximum mm. like 
I am that Flavor person. I like that. I like to mix. I, I not mix everything, but like something like a shepherd's pie is great for me. I'm like, yeah, just put it all kind of in here and I'll get around in it. I will eat only eat one one flavor at a time. If there was a rest, if like Dustin had a restaurant, you it would have the tiniest menu. <laughs> it would be one page. I, I like a lot of different things. I just don't have access to them all the time. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think if you had to say my diet mostly consists of like Halo Top. Uh, again, the, I like. What is Halo Top? Halo Top ice is cream. like I, it's like okay. healthy ice cream. You cannot see the air quotes, but they're um, a lot. Um, but I also like the oatmeal flavor of things. I like oatmeal raisin cookies. I'm sorry. There you go. I'm I'm just here to drop bombs and make people angry. <laughs> I mix it's, my food and I love oatmeal raisin cookies. And I like raisins. raisins. Oh, yeah, raisins. I love... No, I actually really like raisins, but I don't like them in things. On their mm-hmm. own, I'm yeah. good. But like jello, cookies, bread... Yeah. Get I mean, away from me. I mean, raisins are especially douchey in cookies because you're like, oh, chocolate chips. No, not chocolate chips. I'm always happy to see a raisin. I don't care. It can play. It can be just in a cookie. It can be playing a sax for me. I don't care. I like a raisin. But if, but if you have the option of chocolate chip or raisin, I don't. It depends on the day. Put both of them in there. Like sometimes I just want to pretend that I'm being healthy and I'm not just eating fruit jerky and I'm like actually I, eating something good for me. I don't like being teased. Yeah, I don't. Well, I, don't I don't. I don't like. You masquerading as a fucking chocolate chip. Well, is so, all I'm someday you're gonna have Michael Williams in the podcast. You're gonna realize we could not be more opposite. Like he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna gag if he if he listens to this. Uh, he will be frustrated and angry and pretend to throw something because we could not be. Uh, he hates everything I like as far as food goes. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he listens. Um, cool. And then finally, your just me celebrity crush. Oh, oh, I forgot about this one. Ooh, ooh. Okay, so. Um, I I like Chris Hemsworth and I don't know why. I mean, I know objectively why, but I'm very rarely attracted to like a stereotypical like tall white guy. Like Which one is Chris? Uh, is he Thor? Thor? Okay. So I I very they all rarely look the same. like I didn't I my whole <laughs> all life the I was really growing up, look the same. Everyone's like, "Oh my god, Leo DiCaprio is so hot and Brad Pitt." And like I was like, "I don't get it. I don't understand." And I've just never been attracted to like the stereotypical <laughs> It's attracted to more I, Thor yeah, type yeah. people. But no, that's what I'm saying. Like it just really kind of it kind of got me the first time I ever saw him and I was like, "Why do I like him so much?" Cuz he looks like a that's, Greek god. Yes, I mean, when you hit perfection, you can't deny it. So I like Chris Hemsworth and I don't expect to. Uh that's what makes me happy and um well, what I was the reason I asked is cuz I get him and Liam mixed up. Liam was the one in the Hunger yes, Games movies. Yeah, yeah. You don't have the same attraction no, to Liam. No, Liam I have no attraction for. They're so similar. They are similar. Exactly. It's that's like it. a that's blonde it. guy that's and a guy with brown it. hair. And I hate blonde guys. I know I've never been attracted to I don't understand. Uh and then I I get a second because I'm also bi. So um <laughs> female uh my female uh celebrity crush is um Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> Okay. Again, un- unexpected. Like, there's a lot of women that I'm like, oh, like I mean, if I said Idris Elba, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, that's my type. That's usually who I go for. But like, Reese Witherspoon is another like females. I don't go for like cute blondes. I don't go. Those are the two. Like every once in a while, I'll see them up there, and I'm like, why am I so turned on right now? I don't know why. There you go. Those are my unexpected <laughs> just me crushes. All right, all right. That's our uh, yeah podcast over. Yeah. Okay. Then. Um, <laughs> Um, where can people see you doing other things? Okay. Um, you can see me, um, on most Fridays at the armory at nine 30 at the tank 
uh, with my, your team, with my team, public access mm-hmm. uh, this Friday and the next. Well, no, I don't know when this is going to air, but most Fridays, come most Fridays, nine thirty. Okay. Um, and uh, and for now, that's kind of the only regular times. But if you want to find me on Facebook, because I'm old and I still love a Facebook, uh, and I will be anybody's friend, because privacy is a myth. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Stevie Rowe R O E, and you can find me on Twitter at Stevie Rose says, and you can find me on Instagram at Stevie Like Wonder. And if you follow me or let a friend me, and you tell me you found me here, I'll uh, I'll send you a present. Sure. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I just this <laughs> is on the internet forever. I want yeah. you to know. <laughs> well, I mean, that's it. Legally binding. All right. All right. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for uh, thank you for thank sharing your stories. Thank you for letting me say random rants about my past. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Talk to you all soon. Bye.